The four and five Falcons, uh, after losses in three of their last four games, are here to face the Cardinals on Sunday. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. D., always good to talk to you. Let's uh, I mentioned four and five. Only one game out of the first place, though, in the competitive NFC North. Uh, how would you describe the Falcons' first nine games of the season? Yeah, kind of a little bit of a disappointment. Um, you know, after two seven and ten seasons, they're expected to get rolling here out of the gate against a, a pretty easy schedule. But uh, they're pretty close to being uh, one and eight instead of uh, eight and one. They needed three game winners to win three three games here, and uh, if they didn't get those kicks, they'd be in a really bad situation. Arthur Smith, he's been the head coach of this team since uh, January of 2021. Uh, what do you consider to be his weaknesses and strengths as a head coach? Well, I thought they were playing really hard for him uh, the first two years. They, they're playing better. They got a better roster certainly this year. But uh, now we're seeing um, some overcoaching, uh, maybe making things more complicated than, than they need to be. Uh, and so, um, you know, we saw a little clock management issue here also. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where he's at right now uh, with his coaching. Other than the clock management thing, what do you consider and why do you say overcoaching? Um, you know, on the one-yard line, get a ball to the running back. You know, don't let him get sweet. Uh, the quick going empty backfield in short yardage situations, you don't really have – you know, you got a quarterback that uh, you're trying to develop. You really shouldn't be throwing 40 times a game when you got the number three rushing attack in the league. Just doing, uh, you know, trying to outthink himself when, uh, you know, the conventional football might be the way to go. Yeah, considering his reputation as a you know, run-first dude, are you surprised that they've thrown the ball as much as they have? I know they've been chasing points here lately, but before that they were even throwing it quite a bit. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, they started off checking it down, then trying to get it up the field. Uh, yeah, they kind of had to because Detroit kind of put uh, nine and ten people in the box and pretty much dared them to throw. So, you know, once they showed that they could do it, you know, two games later, they should have, you know, went back to it and came with a more balanced approach. But we haven't seen that yet. Desmond Ritter. Taylor Heineke, uh, who should be the starting quarterback? Uh, Desmond Ritter will be after the break, after he uh, serves his timeout for handing the ball over too much. Uh, Tyler was brought in just for this type of uh, situation. Uh, things went haywire early with Ritter, but uh, they still believe he's worth developing. They took him in the third round, and I believe if he could uh, take care of the ball a little bit better, they may have a quarterback. Do we know who the starter is on Sunday against the Cardinals? Yeah, it's Heineke. Heineke's going to get this game here, and uh, then they'll go into the break and said they'll make a decision, and uh, we fully expect them to hand the ball back over to Ritter after the bye week. Do we think maybe if Heineke gets off, Heineke gets off to a slow start, it could be a quick hook on Sunday uh, in Glendale? No, I don't think so, because um, he's getting all the reps with the ones. But you never know. I mean, you know, uh, we didn't think Ritter would get benched, but uh, they benched him under murky circumstances in Tennessee. 
They wouldn't say it was the turnovers. Uh, they, 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 they put him in the concussion protocol because uh, he had messed up a couple plays and wanted to check him out. Uh, so that was a little bit bizarre. And uh, then, you know, just, um, you know, a uh, uh, rookie coach trying to do some unconventional things. And, and so, yeah, I couldn't rule it out that he would, uh, you know, make a move here in the game on Sunday. What's your assessment of Ritter as a quarterback? Uh, he's a winner. He's a winner coming out of the University of Cincinnati. He's learning how to read defenses like most young quarterbacks. And so sometimes he gets into trouble. But, um, you know, the sense of urgency, the fumbles are very, very, very troubling. That's the job of the quarterback is to take care of the football. You can't put it on the, red, on the ground three times in the red zone, which he did in Tampa. Uh, they still won the game. It would have been a blowout without it. But, um, yeah, that's, a, that's alarming. But, yeah, he's got the arm strength. He's got the, uh, um, you know, ability to spread the ball around. He's just got to learn uh, what people are trying to do to him on a professional level and, and take care of the football. He's got a chance to, you know, maybe be a uh, pretty decent pro. I'm not putting him in the Pat Mahomes group, but, hey, uh, there's not too many of those around the league anyway. That would be true. Uh, Falcons owner Arthur Blank. How much is he uh, is he a hands-on guy, owner, or you know, kind of lets uh, you know the coaching staff take care of business the way that they want to do it? No, he's, he's a very hands-on guy, Bob. They have to meet with him every Monday. And uh, I've got Whoa. every coach uh, that's been here to confirm that. Dan Reeves hated it. Mike Smith didn't really like it. Dan Quinn knew going in he had to meet with him every Monday. And, um, you know, uh, and uh, Coach Art meets with him too, you know, to, to go over and rehash the, 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 what happened. But he couches it in, in the way that, hey, I'm trying to make sure I'm supporting my people and make sure that I'm giving them what they need. Uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, sending in plays or making himself the general manager like uh, Jerry Jones does. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely hands-on. Dan Reeves, I can't imagine what that was like on a Monday. I'm sure he was just loved that, huh? <laughs> oh, I'm sure he did. Wow. Talking with D. Orlando Ledbetter at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the Falcons here Sunday We'll be here Sunday to face the Cardinals. Okay, on to B. John Robinson we go. I saw him some in high school and when he was in high school in Tucson. Uh, watched a lot of his games at Texas. Uh, he made some eye-catching plays earlier this season with the Falcons. His touches per game have shrunk here of late. What's up with that? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, coach insisted that, uh, you know, while he might not be getting the ball, it might be because, uh, you know, they're running other things or it might be a RPO, you know, uh, making it sound like excuses. And he says, uh, then he says, I'm not trying to make excuses. So, um, you know, uh, we have to take him for his word in that regard. But uh, his touches are down a little bit. I thought they would be between 15 and 20. And if you take out the one game where he was sick and he only had one uh, carry, then he's averaging mm -hmm. 16. So they're on the low end of that, which would bode well for them down the stretch, maybe putting a little bit more on his plate. They thought that he could handle it uh, in the Green Bay game when they gave him 19. So I'm, I'm fully expecting them to stay in the 15 to, 16, 15 to 20 range and then try to unleash him down the stretch when they're trying to make a push here in the NFC South. The fact that he's such a good pass catcher, has that kind of worked against him as a, quote, running back? 
No, I think they, they, they ran him on 78 routes, but he's been more a check down. They haven't really sent him up the field yet. I got to suspect that's coming. Uh, they don't want to put everything on tape earlier in the season. Uh, and and I, I could definitely see him on a wheel route up the field with some poor linebacker trying to chase him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, go up for the touchdown there. So, we're just waiting for it. And uh, he certainly looked good during training camp when we could see the open practices. Um, but now it's all just stretching individuals and whatnot. But, um, yeah, that's coming, I do believe. Tyler Algier, he has actually more carries than Bijan. Uh, ASU fans, Arizona State fans, remember Tyler Algier because he almost single-handedly beat ASU when he was at BYU one game. Uh, should Algier be getting more carries than Bijan? Um, no. <laughs> but he did, he did come, he's just coming off a thousand-yard season, and he does run it pretty strong between the tackles. Uh, but, uh, no, that's the simple no. That's the easy no. Uh, you drafted one player eighth overall. You don't want to wear him down. But, hey, uh, so much for the two-headed monster. I'm thinking that should be more of a 70-30 split, not a 50-50 or 51-40-49 or what it is, whatever it is right now. Then you've got the wide receivers. or the receivers, uh, not necessarily wide receivers. You have Blake London and Kyle Pitts. Uh, certainly, uh, they have playmaking talents. Uh, the dis- distribution of you know passing targets is that been a lot of whack to you? A lot of John U. Smith, I noticed in the stats for the season. Yeah, not really, because when you look at it, uh, Pitts has got he's like the fourth most targeted tight end. So, so the same mm-hmm. thing with Drake London. His targets are up. Uh, John U.'s the, the surprise of the bunch. He hadn't. Uh, He's going on his way to a career year here with Atlanta. Uh, you know, he had, uh, you know, his career year with Arthur Smith for Tennessee. So, you know, people got to cover those other targets, and they're leaving Johnu open, and he's making the most of it. So the uh, the production's been there when you really look at the numbers, Bob. Uh, what hasn't been there is the scoring, and then uh, you're 31st in turnover di- differential. That's hurt him, turning over the ball, and, not scoring in the red zone. They're 50% in the red zone, 14 touchdowns on 28 trips. Okay, we've been talking about the Falcons with you for a long time. Uh, we always get to the offensive line at some point, so here's that part of the uh, segment here. How would you evaluate this group of offensive linemen heading into the second half of the season? Yeah, C-plus, and i got to do my midterm grades here uh, next week in the bye week. Uh, they're not opening the holes like they uh, did last year when they were uh, third best run group. Uh, the protection's been pretty solid for the most part. Uh, Tennessee got loose on them. Jeffrey Simmons, there's no no shame there. Um, you know, so so they uh, they uh, they've been pretty good in pass protection uh, since after a bumpy start. Uh, but the holes just haven't been there. They haven't sprung Bijan. I've been waiting for the big. Uh, you know, him ripping off 20 and 30 and 10 and 9, and it's been more like 4 and 6 and 4 and 6. Uh, so, yeah, i got to imagine that the block is not there, and um, they have to get a little bit better push here uh, on Sunday and down the stretch. All right, so the defense. I thought this is a pretty good unit until the last couple of weeks when, you know, Will Levis and Joshua Dobbs, you know, kind of ripped them. Uh, so, what do you think of the Falcons' defense at this point? Yeah, same thing, uh, Bob. Uh, last couple of weeks have been poor. 
16 missed tackles against uh, the Vikings, 13 against wow. Tennessee. Uh, but um, the Tennessee game was understandable because, hey, you got a gang tackle, Derrick Henry, and then they got beat over the top with some play-action shots. So that, that, that was – I understood what happened to him there. Didn't understand what happened to Joshua Dobbs and, uh, you know, coming off the street and cutting him up on a game-winning drive when, uh, you know, he didn't even know the guy's names on the other team. So that was very yeah. troubling. <laughs> that was very troubling yeah. moving forward. So we'll, we'll see how the defense can put it back together and get over what uh, D.C. Ryan Nelson said was a low in the middle of the season. You mentioned all the missed tackles. You know, they haven't had that bye week yet, as you also mentioned. Is you know part of that because this might just be a tired defense because it's been kind of a long haul if you consider the start of training camp till we're in November now. Um, yeah, but they've been rotating them. So uh, you know they play four tackles and they play uh, four ends. Uh, the linebackers could be tired, yeah, because it's only been two of them. Uh, and Troy Anderson uh, got hurt early in uh Caden Ellis and Nate Lemon are getting most of the action inside. Uh, cornerbacks and D-backs have no reason to miss tackles. Uh, and they're, they're pretty fresh. So, no, I, I think they've done a good job of rotating them in and out. Um, just, uh, you know, I, I just uh, – maybe it is a low, like Coach Nielsen said, in the tackling. Mm-hmm. Talking Falcons with D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Calais Campbell – Started his career many years ago here in Arizona. How's he played this season with Atlanta? Yeah, he's done a uh, – he's been a, a ser- more than serviceable at his position, not dynamic, uh, scout against the run, hasn't provided much of a pass rush. Uh, but, you know, um, you know, from what they where they're coming from, he's been a major, major upgrade. Kyler Murray, we think, is going to be the starting quarterback for the Cardinals on Sunday. What what have the Falcons said this week about facing Murray? Yeah, we have a story online about that. The main thing is keeping contained. Um, You know, they didn't do that with Joshua Dobbs. I don't know how they're going to do it with Kyler. But, hey, that's the uh, buzzword of the week is, hey, we cannot let him escape the pocket. And if they do, then the D-backs have to stay plastered to their receivers because he has the arm strength to throw it over their heads and create 60-yard touchdowns. So they're very fearful of the fact that he might be playing, uh, even though it is the uh, first game back from knee surgery. Uh, they, they have a healthy dose of respect for his physical talents and uh, his escapability. Okay, so in addition to that, uh, what do you consider to be a couple of other keys for the Falcons and Cardinals game on Sunday on either side of the ball, if you'd like? Yeah, um, the Connor, James Connor coming back worries me more than Kyler because if they can get running, uh, that'll be able to allow them to run some clock and shorten up the game and so forth. Um, and uh, Tennessee stayed with Henry, uh, 22 carries, 101, and then hit him over the top with the play-action bombs and so forth. So that would be the formula that Arizona try to uh, copy. A lot of teams have been able to uh, – uh, use repeat copycat plays against the Falcons. So, you know, that'll be a challenge for the coaches if they can fix that part of it. Uh, special teams has been a problem. Very poor return game. Uh, special teams uh, could be a factor if the uh, Cardinals can pin them into bad field starts and so forth. 
and then shorten the game with the running ability of James Conner, that uh, that would be a formula for a Cardinals victory. God bless you for including special teams. I'm a big special teams guy, so excellent job there. Appreciate it. Okay, so who wins Sunday in Glendale, Falcons or Cardinals? It's basically a pick em game. The Falcons are a small favorite. Yeah, I think the Falcons win. They, uh, Taylor Heineke said this is their Super Bowl, so they're coming out there focused. Uh, but I can see from here that the uh, Cardinals are loading up the wagon, trying to get everybody uh, ready to play. They kind of know that, hey, we're not going to win too many games, but, hey, this might be one we can take. And uh, I fully expect the Cardinals to come out and play. Uh, play the Falcons is going to be a tough battle for, you know, two teams that are, you know, one's trying to establish itself and one just playing for respect to show everybody they're not, uh, you know, a one and eight team. Or even if they are, they can beat some teams. And, you know, they beat Dallas early in the year and they need another pelt in there on the wall. And this might be an opportunity for them. Okay, last thing. Who wins the NFC South? Uh, the Saints. I'm going with them. They, they, uh, they're all pretty. There's not much to root about there. Not not a lot of uh, good-looking football there. Nobody from Canton's asking for a film of the NFC South this year. But <laughs> looks like the uh, the Saints have the best defensive unit and the most stable quarterback situation. D, always good talking to you. Uh, see you Sunday. Thanks. Sure, no problem, Bob. Take care. See you. Yeah, look forward to that. D. Orlando Ledbetter from Atlanta Journal-Constitution, who's been a guest on this show 